I'm Dr. Kimberly Manny. And this is Dr. Ashley McMullen. And you're listening to the Human Doctor Podcast, where we explore the human side of medicine, along with teaching, living, learning, and all things in between. Using the power of storytelling, conversation, and connectedness. Hey, we're two dope academic internal medicine doctors, but we ain't your doctors. So if you perceive anything we say here as medical advice, no, it ain't that. Also, the things we say, they only reflect our brilliant black woman magic mind and not our employers. You could have been anywhere, y'all, but you chose to be here with us and we appreciate you. Let's, let's go. go. So, um, yeah, let's 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 chat it up a little bit. Let's let's talk about, uh, you know, where you at, what you're thinking about. So, I mean, this has been coming up a lot, kind of where I was at this exact moment last year. Mm-hmm. I remember I had just gotten back from Mexico and then I had started teaching this med student course in March and it was this exact same time of year that San Francisco is about to hit this shelter in place like this is no joke right you know never in my wildest dreams would I have imagined we were where we are now but I remember I was looking back in this journal that I keep uh, to this this date, this week in 2020. And in one of the entries that I wrote, I finished with this line that said, I have a feeling that in a short amount of time, my life is not going to look anything like it looks right now. Dang. What do you think is the thing you learned the most in this past year, would you say? Girl, I think letting go. Mm. This moment, or I mean, just this whole year in general has been kind of like, this exercise in letting go of practices, systems, Mm, habits mm. that you think that you need, Mm -hmm. that you actually can adapt and change often Mm. for the better. You know, it'd be nice if it didn't take a pandemic (laughs) to realize that. Yeah. But I I just have, you know, more self-awareness, more gratitude, especially for like being still and managing priorities compared to where I was at a year ago. That's what's up. I don't know if that resonates with you, but I'm interested to hear where you were at a year ago. No, that does resonate with me a lot, especially the piece that you say about um, sort of centering, you know, your thoughts a little bit more now. I think um, I have curated relationships better in this time because I can't really see people in the same way. You aren't really bumping into people in the hallway the same way. Um, And uh, the relationships that are meaningful, they require intention because you don't sort sort of have that, those like accidental pieces to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it, it's allowed also for me to see things as, in relief that perhaps I wasn't able to see before because I was so busy. Like um, I can see who's kind to me. I can see who makes me tired and who maybe I need, you know, which relationships I need to redefine Yes, um, because they aren't nourishing me. And and it's just so much stuff that's exhausting us right now Mm -hmm. uh, that I think that that's an important thing. Um, I think the thing that the context for me for this year has, is really not, has nothing to really do with me being a doctor. It's actually as a mom. Mm -hmm. This was around the time when we started having conversations about our kids getting pulled out of school. Um, and gosh, never in a bazillion years that I think that my kids will be still, you know, trying to navigate the school part. Like we, we have not re- returned to a sort of standard um, school day. I think that this year has called um, for 
for me and uh, my husband uh, to just, and a lot of parents, I think, to be kinder to ourselves. Yeah. I really felt like a failure a lot as a mom. You know, my kids are have too much screen time. They're not moving their bodies enough. You know, I just, and, and I can't, um, I don't have the energy to police them on some of these things. And so I give up and then I <laughs> double back down and then I give up again. Um, so there's, I'm always living with this sort of fear um, that it, there's something that I didn't do mm. in this time that could do harm later to my mm-hmm. kids. And I have some great kids, you know, I really do. And my heart of hearts, I actually believe they're going to be fine. Um, but I'm afraid. I'm a little bit afraid of, these are sort of formative years for them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, middle school and early high school and, uh, yeah, I, I have this little sort of low lingering level of fear um, mm-hmm. that I felt that I try to push down a lot. And see, I ain't got no kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of gratitude, and but man, my well of of empathy and and just my heart just goes out to to folks who really had to manage that. I mean, it's already hard enough. Yeah, I have really had to learn some new ways to parent. Mm-hmm. And I do not have that thing figured out, Ash. Okay. Well, girl, you know, I can't help you, but I'm I rooting for you. A struggle bus. <laughs> and it does not, I keep pulling the little thing to go, Bong, I would like to get off. But the struggle bus is still going. Still going. So, Ashley, what is the what today? The what that's on my mind is visibility. Ooh, visibility. In my first year of faculty, kind of in this early phase of the coronavirus pandemic, and it's like this kind of like collective breath holding in San Francisco. And so now by now, like we're seeing, you know, the, our, our colleagues in New York are just, you know, stretched to the brim, trying to keep this under control. And there's still so much unknown. Mm -hmm. And so when there's a lot of unknown, there's a lot of fear. And like, you know, I'm not even gonna lie, like I was scared. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, like, like many of us who had the, um, the, the ability and opportunity, you know, wanting to to get involved and do something. And so I had volunteered to spend some of my time um, at our brand new respiratory screening clinic, um, which had popped up at the VA to effectively screen folks and develop protocols around um, who gets swabbed and kind of what is the, the follow-up. So these are patients kind of in a triage situation where they're not going straight to the emergency room, but we want to make sure that even if they're not sick enough to be in the hospital, that we're able to diagnose and, and manage them appropriately. And so I showed up in this brand new clinic again, you know, having all the feels of being in a new environment, uh, not really knowing what to do, um, where I'm supposed to be, like how this is going to roll out. But I was excited because I had a friend who was there who had already done a couple shifts in this clinic. So I strategically signed up at the same time as him so I could get there early and then have him tell me everything I needed to know so I could look like a boss. Um, (laughs) So I get there early and I see my friend and um, it's just him in that uh, kind of back room where the um, healthcare providers are sitting. And so we like catching up, chopping it up. Like, you know, he's kind of giving me the rundown. So it's just the two of us in conversation. And 
I see another woman walk in, a woman that I don't recognize. Um, she is white and she is looking at my colleague who is a white male and kind of immediately introduces herself, kind of starts asking questions like, you know, not really acknowledging my presence or the conversation that we were having as she walked in. Mm. And so she's having kind of this nice conversation asking him like, oh, are you one of the physicians in this clinic today? Are we going to be working together? Like, nice to meet you. And you know how you're like watching something happen right. and in your mind, you're kind of analyzing like your emotions, you see what's right. happening, but right. you're not exactly sure. Um, you should know, I get on the hind legs or should I not get on a hind legs? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. I was like, you know, let me, let me just let this play out. I think I know what's going on. What I think is happening. This woman is just straight up ignoring me. Hmm. And I, it gets to the point where she turns around to leave. Wow. And so I decide in that moment, I'm going to say something. And so what I did was as she's getting ready to leave, I say, Oh, I'm sorry. What was your name again? And she turns around and she says, oh, I'm sorry. I did not see you standing there. Yikes. And, you know, of the microaggressions and macroaggressions that I've dealt with throughout the years, like this one, this one hit me a little different. Mm -hmm. I got to say, mm -hmm. um, here I am a full on attending, like trying to make my way after years of training and being a chief and all this thing. And, you know, I finally get to this point where it's just like, you know, I, I made it. This is my big girl job. Mm. And, mm. you know, this sent me right back, <laughs> mm. right back to, to grade school. Mm. You know, when you're just trying so hard to fit in and, and you're still like, people just don't see you. Mm. Her next question to me was, oh, are oh. you a doctor? If y'all can see Kimberly's face, she's cringing. I was right trying now. hard not to. I was actually trying this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, it's like the, the punch of the jaw and then the, the punch of the gut right afterwards. Right. And so granted, you know, I'm, I'm wearing the same thing as everybody else. You know, the standard Patagonia that says UCSF medicine. I hate that we have to go to that is the very next thing we have to say, right? Mm -hmm. um, because I was thinking it, I was like, well, what did you have on, right? Mm -hmm. Right, um, like it's it's almost like you need some detail about the victim to say like, well, what did you do to set this thing up, right? Exactly. Meanwhile, it's time for clinic to start. You've got a stethoscope around your neck or whatever you're doing, like what, what are you doing in there? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> So the high road is not even an option. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, trying to increase my psychological size. Like I, these are the things that are going through my mind as well. Right. Like, well. What do I look like? Like, is my hair like pulled back tight? Do I have, is my doctor badge facing forward? Like, mm. Mm. you know, the name on my jacket that says Dr. McMullen, like, <laughs> does she not see that I'm wearing scrubs like everybody else? And in the moment, you know, I, I was kind of, I got to admit, I was, I was a little stunned. Mm. You know, the thing that I immediately fell back on was just like, well, yes, like I am a doctor. I'm an assistant professor here. Like I'm in my first year of faculty. I trained here. I was a chief resident, like, you know, trying to 
trying to justify my existence and my visibility. And I wish I could say, early in the moment or in, in reflection, I wish I could say that I maybe called this woman out and mm. made the points of, you know, call, calling out the, the, the aggression as we see it, but I, I, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. And, yeah. you know, she immediately like, you know, just kind of glossed over it. Like it didn't happen, introduced herself and was friendly enough. And then she left. Mm. What was, what was also hard was like, my friend was watching this the mm. entire time. Mm. and also didn't know what to say in the moment Mm. you know to his credit he did ask if we could chat afterwards and kind of acknowledge what happened and affirmed that you know that was messed up and asked me like you know were there things that I could have said or done better and we actually had a really good conversation about it but if you're like me you know you go home and you ruminate on things and what I found myself doing was just like, man, I wish I would have, I wish I would have lit her up. I wish I, yeah, I wish I would have lit her up. I wish I would have cut that woman down. Like I wanted to take back some of that power that I thought she took from me Mm. in that moment. Mm. And I had to really sit with that and recognize, you know, as frustrating as it is, and as much as that hurt, like, doesn't really solve the problem Mm. you know I if I if I try shaming her into change like is she really going to change like we don't even know each other like that Mm. that's hard yeah (laughs) (laughs) so you know where where I landed was just like you know this is this is part of the the reality and until we get to a point where there's more of us Uh, in this space but in the meantime like how do you choose how to respond in that situation like you know this woman literally basically said to my face that I was invisible to her Mm. and I had to prove why my presence Mm. mattered Mm. what what do you what do you do with that (laughs) yeah that that's hard right because Mm -hmm. the question then becomes how much how much O2 are you willing to give this, mm-hmm. right? Um, if, it, if it will basically die um, w- without any oxygen, I, should I provide anything to it? Should I provide any air to it? Mm-hmm. The problem though, is that the only person that's deprived of oxygen is not just that situation, is you too. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe sometimes saying something, um, it, it's not for her, it's for you. Exactly. Um, right. And, and, and imagining something rippling out in a pond. Um, but the question is the how mm-hmm. you do it. Right. And so if you feel like super angry in the moment, it's probably good to just not really say anything. Exactly. But if you feel like you, you have control of yourself and you and, and you have some decent impulse control going on, you know, you could, you could even step in the hallway and say, listen, my name is um, Ashley McMullen. I'm, I'm a, I'm a faculty member. I don't, I'm not sure you, you meant to do what you did, but um, you know, I'm just trying to be transparent with people. When you stepped in the doorway and you um, suggested that my colleague worked here um, and said, you didn't see me when I was sitting right there, you know, that, 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 that was not a really good feeling for me. 
um, and you know, some people like my husband, he would be like, who was that woman? Forget her. When she was the boss, was she the boss of the whole clan? Forget her. You don't care about her. But, but what you describe is a type of microaggression and it's called a micro invalidation. Mm-hmm. Micro invalidations really, really sting. Mm-hmm. They really sting. So the question is, what do you need to feel restored? Like, what do you need? Do you need to say something to her? Was what your friend provided for you enough um, to counter the argument? Um, do you just need to unpack it with a friend like you're doing now? Um, that's a really, that's a, that's a very hard one. And, and I, and I love this thought also of you, you asking yourself, what will be, what good would come from me going off on her and shaming her? Mm-hmm. Um, because that's really a pride thing. And, and all that really does is leave you feeling kind of empty and right. like a mean, unlike a mean girl. Exactly. Cause I mean, even if you, if you do that and you accomplish the job of, you know, making somebody else feel bad. Yeah. And then they, they turn around and, 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 and do the same thing or they don't, you know, respond in the way that you want them to respond. Like, yeah, you know, it, it leaves you feeling just as empty. Like what is, because it's a, it's a systemic issue, right? Because mm-hmm. basically what she fell prey to was her implicit bias. Mm-hmm. And um, her implicit bias told her that white male in clinic doctor, black woman in clinic. Oh, I didn't even see her. I don't know what she's doing here. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, and the only way to revise, um, those associations is to broaden your life lens and show you more, um, counter narratives, mm-hmm. but, but the, but being invisible, like being invalidated, that that's, a like, I can deal much better with a micro insult or a micro assault. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I can, I can deal with that more than people just completely erasing me. Mm-hmm. Like. I wasn't even supposed to be there in the first place. Yeah. yeah. It's exhausting. You know, Langston I, Hughes said, um, I don't know if you remember this, this uh, poem, Langston Hughes, the um, Harlem Renaissance poet wrote called um, I Too Sing America. Yeah. And the poem is basically about, um, it kind of opens saying, I'm the darker brother. They send me to eat in the kitchen when company comes, but I laugh and eat well and grow strong. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, some piece of that you laughed, you know, you eat well, you grow strong. Um, but there's a part in the poem that used to feel triumphant to me, but now makes me sad. Um, and where he says, they'll, he'll look and see how beautiful I am and be ashamed. Mm. I, I too sing America. And um, this space where you're waiting um, for someone to actually see you mm-hmm. and then for it all to crystallize who you are and hoping that they'll be ashamed. Um, it, I, I mean, I'm, I'm generally an optimist and a prisoner of hope, but um, it's possible that they won't get to that. Yeah. You know, they won't, they won't, or they'll see you and be like, Oh, you were here. <laughs> Not feel no shame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's where like, you know, I'm trying to allocate my energies, especially like we were saying, like, after after a year like we just had you know managing priorities and recognizing what stuff I really need to let go of Mm -hmm. and where I can like dig deep and part of that is knowing my intent Mm -hmm. like is the intent singularly about me to restore my pride or you know Mm. restore my visibility in ways that can shame somebody else Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. or is the intent to reaffirm like, you know, who I am, um, push for restorative justice where I can. Mm -hmm. And if folks aren't going to get it, or if it's not going to be worth my time, let it go. Mm -hmm. And surround yourself with people who will shine a mirror on you and show you who you are, right? Because that's back to what we were saying about what relationships um, need to get redefined and which relationships do I need to put all my energy into yes. so that they can, you know, continue to fill me up when I go somewhere and get micro invalidated mm-hmm. by somebody who probably didn't even mean to. You Absolutely. Know? You know, I'm okay giving, giving people the benefit of the doubt. I think that's hard to do in this day and age. Um, yeah. You know, particularly folks who don't embody um, the experience of being marginalized in society. Yeah. Yep. But sometimes, you know, that's what we need both for healing within ourselves and to move things forward is have a little compassion. Mm. Because Lord knows I do not get it right. And I think about the times that nobody said anything. Mm. And I, you know, shout out to your, um, your friend who was working with you that day. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, I, I think the most hurtful thing when somebody when something like that happens is you know, nobody showing any sort of display of discomfort or any even shred of moral distress Amen. that, yo, this happened. Yo, um, hello. Um, that was not cool. He could also, um, in the moment have said, um, uh, Hey, and you know, this is, uh, Dr. McMullen. She's a, um, she's a, one of my colleagues. I don't know if you all have met yet. Yeah. And we, we talked about that. And again, like what I, what I, when I talk about allyship in situations mm-hmm. like this, mm-hmm. again, like give yourself permission to not get it right in the moment. Yeah. But don't let fear keep you from doing something. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're uncomfortable, believe me, I'm uncomfortable too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you want to talk about, you know, micro invalidation. It's hard enough when someone you don't know, um, invalidates you in that way. But if someone you do know and considers a, and you consider a friend or a colleague amplifies that invalidation by not mm. even acknowledging that that mm. happens, Ooh. I, like, that is a whole word right there, man, you better just pass the collection plate right now on that thing right there. <laughs> right. So we just got work to do. And man, the struggle bus is packed. It's packed. You know, I've been trying to find a seat for a minute, but you know, I'm I'm glad I'm on the bus with you though. For <laughs> I'm real. glad I'm like, on the bus with you too. <laughs> I'll scoot over and let you sit down because you know I've been on the bus for 50 years. So once you've been on the bus 50 years, you can go yeah, on and get this, this seat. I have a seat now. Yeah, I appreciate you. <laughs> just I just need a little corner to rest my rest my my knees every once in a while because it looks like there's a long road ahead. <laughs> so let me go ahead and and um not keep these students waiting, but I just want to affirm that, you know, while I have been in situations where I felt invisible and invalidated, having people who, who see me for who I am holistically, not just Dr. Ashley, like not just black woman, like not just queer Ashley, but just holistically, Mm -hmm. that's where I find healing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's what keeps me on the bus and not, mm-hmm. not jumping off is that while it's hard, like I, I appreciate the folks who both have come before me and the folks who are ready to do this work with me mm-hmm. and the people who really see me for who I am. Well, I'll see you. 
See you too, sis. All right. Well, you know, I love you. I love you too. All right. Go do great things. And if you need somebody to uh, let them know you're a doctor, just call me. I tell them. That wraps up this week's episode of the Human Doctor Podcast. Special thanks to our favorite brother gastroenterologist, Dr. Chuma Obiname for the beats. Shout out to the Dr. Ashley McMullen for editing and production. Mad love to our podcast family at The Nocturnist and the Clinical Problem Solvers, our med Twitter fam. And especially shout out to all of you, our listeners. Until next week, remember, we see you and you are enough. Holla! Holla.